Welcome to the Satellite Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Defay, back for the first time in a very long time, about four months. And um, as often is the case with the little bit over a year I've been doing this podcast, my football schedule, being a high school football coach, uh, has kind of dictated my regularity with this podcast. Uh, I intended to keep it going during football season, but that didn't really work out. And um, I'm back, A, because I think the time is right to be back. I've been out of football now for about three weeks, and I have the time in my schedule to start doing this regularly again. But also, it's because I really have something on my heart to say. And so with the holiday season approaching, Christmas being one of my favorite times of year, I wanted to share a brief, but I hope thought-provoking, message on some of the things that I've been meditating on and thinking about. So as I mentioned before, I'm an SJ sponsor for the club at my high school, and I was leading a session with the kids, one of our little discipleship sessions, where I kind of share a little mini lesson with the leadership team, and I was trying to think of something Christmas-themed. So as I often like to do, if you've ever heard me teach, I asked a really awkward, difficult question, and I asked the kids this, why is Christmas worth celebrating? What is the good news of Christmas? Because when you think about like religious holidays, Easter is the one that comes to mind. It's very clear and obvious why Easter is something we celebrate. But why do we actually celebrate Christmas? What is the good news that this holiday actually announces? And so in thinking about this, I ended up in Luke chapter 2, reading through the story of Jesus being presented at the temple when he was a week old for his circumcision and his dedication. And in that story there, you have two very devout Jews that Joseph and Mary encounter. One's name is Simeon and one's name is Anna. And it's really interesting when you read through because both of them in separate encounters with Mary and Joseph rejoice at Jesus' coming. Pick it up in verse 25 of chapter 2. It says that now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So you have this man, Simeon, who's described as really just a devout follower of God, not a prophet, not a priest. He's just a person that loves the Lord. And God has promised him that he will not die until he sees the promised Messiah face to face, which is crazy. And when he meets them, he says the following in verse 29, sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Fast forward to verses 36 to 38. We meet Anna who's described as a prophet who had lived with her husband seven years after marriage, then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Verse 38 says, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. So, two people, Anna and Simeon, both meet Jesus and rejoice. And what's interesting to me is the language they use to describe their elation and their excitement about him. Simeon described Jesus by saying, my eyes have seen your salvation. And Anna spoke to everyone who would listen about how the redemption of Israel was at hand. Now, here's what's interesting about this. These people are rejoicing over a newborn child who as yet has done nothing. They're looking forward and saying, 
This child is a sign that God is bringing good things, not only for our people. Simeon makes it very clear that this is salvation, not only for the Jews, for the Gentiles. He says that outright in his statement to Mary and Joseph. But what this got me thinking about is the fact that they weren't rejoicing over what work Christ had already done. They were looking ahead with anticipation. We have a word for that. It's called hope. That's what I took away from this passage. Simeon and Anna saw Jesus and were filled with hope. That so much of the story of Christmas is a story of hope. Looking ahead with anticipation to what we believe and trust that God is going to do. They looked at that newborn child and saw evidence that everything God had promised about redeeming Israel, about making them right with him, all of that was going to come true. Jesus, in that encounter with him for them, was evidence that Easter, which they didn't know was coming, was going to actually happen. Easter is the promise of Christmas, the promise of salvation through the Messiah come true. Christmas is the promise. Easter is the fulfillment. That was last week. And over the weekend, this became much more poignant to me as a member of Abby's family took their own life, leaving behind four kids, um, an ex-wife, and three grandchildren. And this was not a member of her family that I was particularly close with, but I'm close with two of his kids. And from all appearances, this is something that he had planned for months. He had laid out some items around the house for his children specifically to find that were kind of mementos to him. He did not leave a note, but um, he left out some items that were very, very specific things that his kids had done or written or that he wanted them to see. And he had waited until he received a large estate check and he had just completed a will. And he had put all these things in place to prepare to take his own life. And I was just blown away by the thought that this man had so little hope that he spent months planning to leave this world because he thought that death was better than life. He decided that life was so hopeless that he couldn't hang on for his autistic son who already struggles with depression and suicidal thoughts and now is having to wrestle with the untimely death of his father when he's only 21 years old. And all I could think about was the extent to which this world needs hope. Not just the hope of salvation. Yes, yes, Simeon and Anna were looking forward to Israel being saved from oppression, which didn't happen in Jesus' time, and to being saved from the penalties of sin and the system of sacrifice and being made right with God. But hope on this side of heaven is something we need also. We need hope that we can have relief from the pain of this world, from addiction, from depression, from darkness. We need hope that God can change our circumstances. And we need hope that if God chooses not to, he has promised those he loves, he will give them everything that's necessary for them to endure hopeless times, dark times. 
And man, just hearing about so much of the pain that's going on in the lives of people around me, I want I want to encourage you to remember the need for people to have hope. And remember to pray for and love on those around you searching for hope. And ultimately, point them towards Christ. Because he is not only the hope of salvation for the future and for eternity, he is the hope we have to endure dark times, to endure pain, to endure suffering. He has the ability to change our circumstances, and when he chooses not to, for his glory, he equips us to endure them. And it's very difficult in the times of darkness and hopelessness to picture anything other than your pain. And a very wise friend said it to me this way. They were looking ahead to a very, very sad time that was coming. I believe it was the death of a family member that was coming. And they were saying, I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, but I know it's okay because all that means is that God hasn't given me the grace yet to endure this. And the grace that I need to endure will come in the moment. And that's blown me away. So when we look at tough circumstances, we can say, Lord, I trust you and I have hope in you that you will give me what I need to endure these difficult, dark, hopeless situations and times. And we as believers are people that have hope and I pray are trying to spread that hope to others. This has been Dave Bethay for the Satellite Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening.